Hey folks and welcome to a Daily Rating Special. On today's show, we'll sit down with Vincent Daly to get his thoughts on all five of the Ocean's movies. And don't worry, there's no spoilers. Vince will give a brief review, share some thoughts, and of course, then rate the films. The five Ocean's movies are Ocean's Eleven from 1960 by Lewis Milestone, Ocean's Eleven from 2001 by Steven Soderbergh, Ocean's 12 and Ocean's 13 by Steven Soderbergh, and Ocean's 8, directed by Gary Ross. So stay tuned and enjoy the show. Mr. Vincent Daly, how's it going, buddy? Tommy, boy, how's it going? Oh, it's going well, man. I'm excited for this special. I've always been a big fan of the Ocean's movies. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I'm, I'm glad that we did this. Yeah, it was just one of those series that, uh, well, one, it wasn't on the ratings, first of all. So it's, None it's, of them were, yeah. Yeah, none of them. Uh, and uh, these movies just have such style. Like it was, it was just an easy, easy watch to go through these. And and, and also they're five. Fun. Yeah, it's five. <laughs> it's the slot. It's the bill. It's the bill. And I don't know if people. I mean, I guess maybe most people know that there was a 1961 because it's based on a book, right? And then right. you have the Rat Pack that did it. Mm-hmm. And then of course we have the Gloony ones, of course. Yep. yep. And then the infamous uh, Ocean's <laughs> Eight as well. Ocean's Eight. Yeah. But I thought that. Um, I just, I just like, yeah. I've always thought these movies were fun, and yeah. I know we, we just talked about it. What, what would be a good special, you know, yeah. folks? If you're picking up, we have kind of two different kinds of specials. We have series specials, mm-hmm. which is what this is. Like we have the um, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, we have the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, we have Star the Trek, original Star Trek, and now we're doing this. And then we have other specials, which is like deep dive, kind of more essential films that mm-hmm. we have, and mm-hmm. these are just great and they're fun. Yeah, and enjoyable to watch all the way through. You know, yeah. it's, it's it's almost in a very internet list type of uh, type of enjoyment. Enjoyment. It's fun, kind of pitting these films against each other within their own franchise. Yeah. Know? How does the story follow? It's yeah. like it's also good to hear them instead of doing one a week or something like that. Mm-hmm. Now we just know the story continues throughout these. Yep. And we just know the deal. I Absolutely. Mean, like how do they progress? Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's gonna be a good time. I'm glad that we did this special and let's uh, let's get started right there. But so we're going back to 1960. Mm-hmm. We're gonna start with the Rat Pack at Ocean's Eleven. Uh, I've never seen this one. How, how was it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, it's it is it's of course starting it all off. I would say just for all of these films, folks, uh, plot summary wise, I'm not going to cover too much. Understand that it is always eleven plus thieves uh, in each one, and they are pulling off one or multiple heists. You know that that really yeah. is every single uh, setup. Yeah, here. if you get down to the nitty gritty, that spoilers because like that's the whole movie. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, there's actually a great kind of screen play study within this uh, that I'll touch on in each film uh, for the style of one big heist uh, in storytelling. So I will say heist movies are among some of my favorite genres. Oh, big time. Yeah. Uh, Animation-wise, Lupin the Third is a top ten fave. And then film-wise, I would say just take a look at the must-watch section of the, <laughs> of the website. So. Baby driver. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So uh, this uh, film, of course, is starring the Rat Pack and comprised of singers Frank Sinatra, Dean 
Dean Martin and Sammy Davis Jr. As much as I'm a fan of these guys as musicians and even comedically, uh, I would say probably the roasts are going to be... Uh, with Dean Martin yeah, big time, yeah. Absolutely. And it's just for, um, he has a variety show and everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Acting-wise, uh, it's a little bit more rocky, <laughs> I would <Is> say. It? <laughs> yeah, it, it's a little bit of a slow start here. It takes a while till we get anything we should care about. We are a solid halfway through before we get going on the plan itself. You know, the heisting and, and understanding the heist itself. It's a really big downside, and unfortunately the film kind of shows its age here. I think it really... Oh, okay. I looked at this film, and I was watching this, and I was like, wow, does this ever feel like it's 1960 on the dot? You but know not I mean? in a good way. Not, not in like a good a fun way. 60s mm, way. No, it's showing its age. Definitely, okay. you know, kind of uh, harmed uh, in, in, in its its place in time uh, gotcha, for okay. that. So, uh, When it comes to uh, the, the tone of this film... I would say it's very rah-rah 50s. A big plot point is that Danny Ocean and the crew are all war buddies, uh, even though we are watching Thieves, and, you know, I think by wanting to watch this film, you're okay with watching Thieves, you right. know? Right, yeah. Uh, it's, uh, it's really, the film is obsessed with kind of giving a moral stand-up guise to these thieves that we're watching and, and Danny Ocean's crew. There's a great example of this in an early bar rumble that some of the characters have, and the bar rumble happens because a, a patron is too rowdy, and they're like, hey, don't, don't cause so much trouble and that's why they get into the fight okay. over it it's like it's super obsessed with trying to tell this almost like robin hood like the other thieves yeah they're breaking the law but these they're are moral yeah they're and, moral they've, they've been in war they know how you know they okay. know camaraderie it's it's very 50s for that reason okay all right um, uh and 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 i think it's 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 just a little bit too much of a of an obsession of the film. I mean, preference for a grittier story or not, part of the reason the front end of this movie is so slow is because it has this World War II vet flavor to it and these upbeat Robin Hood morals. I would say just mm. be thieves. I mean, I think by the premise of this film, jump in and, and be thieves. You know, I think we're all right with that. Yeah, and not seeing, <laughs> not seeing this one, but the other ones, I, there's something there because in the, in the main three that people really know, the modern day mm -hmm. ones, they are, they're thieves, but they are super cool and suave, a lot mm -hmm. of them. Like, mm -hmm. like the two, of course, the two main characters. Like, they are cool, and that alone, you have that in the Rat, rat Pack. Mm -hmm. So there's no, I would say... There's no, there's no, there's no reason to yeah, do more than that. Exactly. They're already cool. I know. And then they're just cool thieves. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, it may, almost made swagger. me wonder if, like, not the PR, but almost some sort of marketing was incorporated in this to kind of shake some of the mafioso allegations to Sinatra and, and friends. You know what I mean? It's like, hmm. yeah, you know, it, they needed to tie it. I mean, there's already this Vegas type of feel to the Rat Pack, you know, that's a Big little time. bit slimy, a little slick, you know, and that's fine. Lean into it, so... Yeah, they bleed um, Vegas, and this takes place primarily in Vegas yeah, already, right? Absolutely, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. A very different Vegas than any any point other in the series, but uh, for that reason, very interesting as yeah. well. Mm -hmm. So I just think, again, uh, uh, a preference for a grittier story or not, because you're going to, obviously, this is 1960 on the dot, you are going to get a different type of written movie here. Right. I think it, it shoots itself in the foot pacing. That's where the critical you know concern is for me, that it's, it's over just two hours. so concerned with saying, hey, these guys are thieves, but it's okay. You know, they got more. They're cool. Yeah, they're cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stand up. I would say a highlight here is comedy and musical performance, uh, which is completely off the radar when we get later on into this franchise. Mm -hmm, yeah. 
anyways, yeah. um, the comedy here is basically just like slick guy talk, uh, which is awesome. Um, I feel like Dean would be like Dean oh, would be great for that for sure. Yeah. For sure, I think it's either Dean or someone else. They have a great line. He, he says, uh, "I'm gonna buy a brand new Chris Craft boat and never have it touch the water. <laughs> just be in my driveway." And it's like that—that's the that's best very, joke ever written. Really, maybe I, I love that. That's so good. That's really good. Um, uh, and then uh, also the handful of music elements are, are really great here, and I think it's so great because it leans into the strength of the Rat Pat. Yeah. Dean Martin is just always next to a piano in this film. Oh. There's just always a piano within 30 feet of him, and he's always just, you know... <laughs> it's like Brad Pitt eating. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, that, this is Dean Martin it with is the piano. It is so true. <laughs> and I guess I guess technically Dean Martin be, would, be would be in be, Brad Pitt's I think, spot. Yeah, I think the naming of the characters are different, yeah. but I believe that's how it works. Because yeah. Danny Ocean is still is Sinatra, of course. Yes, yes. And it really, as we move into the later franchise, Danny Ocean just has the name and then the premise of these, you know, Ocean's Eleven, Eleven Thieves. Yeah. Um, that's really the only connective tissue between this then. Right. So. But man, I mean, Dean Dean Martin was is, is, is clocking this up quite a bit because, <laughs> again, he's just always near piano. He's always singing. He's always drunk. I love it. It's, it's so good. <laughs> As we will touch on many times with these movies for the special folks, let's finish talking about the heist itself. I think it's okay here. It's very reliant on a simple gimmick of just cutting the lights, uh, which is... Just a bit too simple for its own good. Ironically, actually, almost every other film in some way gives nods to this, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, which is uh, especially as we see in Ocean's Eleven coming and not being a remake, but a reimagining of sorts. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the issue is that it just lacks conflict. There is there isn't much adversity the crew goes against here. Uh, it is very straightforward. Uh, there's not really twists and turns to the heights, heist, which, you know, screenplay writing wise, you need, you need beats of conflict within it. Uh, everything just goes a little bit too smoothly. That is not a, a factor the, even with any other entry of the series. Yeah, you want, to, I mean, you want those spots where it's supposed to be fun, but like mm-hmm. you're sitting on the edge of your seat a little bit. There Absolutely. needs to be some sort of tension or at least. Yeah, yeah. there's, there's got to be something to keep us hooked and engaged. Yeah. Otherwise, if it's, you know, without that conflict, so it, it's missing. Is it kind of like buddies or, or robbing? It's like buddies are robbing a place. Yeah. And it, there's no real big stakes or yeah. you're never really in fear for them or, mm-hmm. or the plot, basically. I think a lot of what comes to mind with this film in particular, but yeah. could be really the whole franchise is kind of Tarantino's approach to a hangout film. We're just kind of there with the characters oh, okay. in a certain sense. And yeah. there's a loose thread in between, you know? I, I just think uh, what what lacks there is it just does not engage the audience where it should be as it at its most exciting during the heist. I Oddly enough, it was kind of almost at its... Most predictable, well, certainly at its most predictable, but also a little bit of its most boring during the heist, which was which was odd. Is that to what see. you want? Yeah, yeah. Um, huh. Things are just just far too easy, and uh, to build up to that one big heist writing that 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 screenplay or that story storytelling of one big heist buildup uh, in the script, uh, I would say uh, you definitely need something to twist the knife a little bit in the story yeah. to keep us engaged. Otherwise, we're done at planning stage. And you could just wrap up and say, "Hey," and it went to plan. You know, <laughs> that's it. That's, so. that's a good point to make. Yeah, it's it's a little too um, easy. Yeah, yeah. 
we, we need that salt and pepper uh, to it, or we need at least one good twist and turn uh, during it. Yeah, we had the characters to face, yeah. like you said, adversity. Had something exactly. happened where it's just like, oh, was he going to get caught? Exactly. That type of deal, yeah. Exactly. There's maybe some kind of uh, just enjoyment seeing these guys succeed. Again, that maybe sure. even plays into, you know, this this Robin Hood aspect to the film. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I, I definitely, that's what I think holds this film back and, and plays, if anything, into this you know, very dated approach to uh, to how the story is told and feels of the time in a bad way, unfortunately. Yeah, so, yeah. Overall, I would say um, a, a flawed movie, uh, a little bit too slow for its own good, but by no means a bad movie. And like I said, for what it's worth, almost every film in this franchise nods to it in some way, uh, even, even as late as Ocean's 8. We're going to go ahead and give Ocean's 11, 1960, a 57. Hey, 57, that's not a bad score. Yeah, it's not terrible. I like that. I like that it's yeah. there. I think um, it's also kind of a harmless score for if you like the Rat Pack, guess what? You know what I mean? It's more contact. contact yeah, it's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah, if you have an itch to scratch almost with that. Right, When you right. wanted that nostalgia kind of. If you, if you want to see Dean <laughs> play piano in almost every scene, <laughs> that, that's where you watch this one. That's awesome. Yeah. All right, so Ocean's 11, 1960, 57. So we're going to jump up. We're now in 2001, was never mm. done until this time. Yep, yep. And this is Steven Soderbergh, who seems to really like films like this. <laughs> oh, yeah. um, but Soderbergh in 2001, this is Ocean's Eleven, of course, with George Clooney as Danny Ocean now, mm-hmm. and Brad Pitt is, is the number two. And ha- what do we get with this? I mean, 2001, this is now 21 years old, this I film, know. which is crazy to think about. Yeah, yeah. And, and in ways, this sh- this film very similarly shows some age, but not in a bad way. Uh, not oh, okay. in a bad way. I wasn't, I wasn't um, you know, kind of questioning how, how it tasted or anything. Anything like that. So, right, right. Where the other one, it was a little bit weird tone. Um, this begins the uh, Soderbergh trilogy, and for all purposes, the only connection to the original story is our main lead being called Danny Ocean. Yeah. But again, uh, premise of thieves coming together uh, and for one big heist is the is the kind of setup there. Yep. Um, there is a much quicker setup here, uh, briefing the audience within, I would say, the first fifteen minutes on the heist itself. And it is just so much better writing for that reason. We know our goals, and every scene now progresses of us closer to those goals, you know? Right, right. Where in the first one, or the original, I would say, us not understanding the heist until halfway through that's shoots not, that's it not in good. the foot. That's not good. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. Let's, let's, let us understand our characters' goals, and, and now it's about problem-solving with the characters. And even if there's a... A scene just for style, as there is many with this franchise, just for like the fun or the comedy or, or spotlighting a specific team member. Everything is still progressing us towards it, towards that final goal. Uh, the whole team is figuring out how to pull this heist off, and it engages us as an audience because it makes for a story you want to problem solve in as well. Uh, the heist, as it's pitched in that first 15 minutes, is near impossible. So, guess what? How right. do we make the impossible possible? Uh, how do we pull it off? And I think that's again just good good screenwriting right there yeah um there's a pacing to it and a fluidity of the film that's it's it's fun it's fun to be mm-hmm. in the film oh yeah for yeah. sure for sure i would say the soundtrack is is a part of that fun and really cool as ice it is filled with uh, your favorite uh, early 2000s kind of acid jazz uh, upbeat kind of scrambling mambo music um I, I make such a big note it captures vegas pretty well oh yeah and not yeah. i don't know vegas it, for the time and then also kind of like a an immortalized vegas as well yeah you know? not that and again not that it's rat pack all over the place mm-hmm. but it's got it gives tasteful 
hints here. It, it drops yeah. little things here or there. Exactly. The, the main composer is David Holmes, and I mm. think he's throughout all three films as well. Yes, yes. And uh, I think he's in other Soderberghs. Like, mm-hmm. He's definitely. I can imagine. Yeah. yeah. But boy, he hits it well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I'll note plenty of times with this, especially for this trilogy, the soundtrack is so key to the feel of this film. I would say maybe yes. the soundtrack is doing the most heavy lifting, more though, more so than story, more so than performances. It is so key to the feel of the crew, yes. the crew of the Eleven, and how they talk and how they interact as thieves. I mean, it, it is really, it's the whole thing. And there's one thing, now, you weren't, when you were watching it, we were, like, annoyed that it was so impactful. No, no. If anything, again, it, because like, it's almost the the most iconic part about yeah. this, trilogy mm-hmm. uh and, and definitely when we get to oceans eight the failure in it trying to copy that yeah. uh, i think it shows if anything it, it's doing all the heavy lifting in a good way yeah and just remembering so especially with 11 <clears throat> just remembering back there's a problem i have with modern day films mm-hmm. and a lot of this some of the clips that i went back and watched for elvis um actually when elvis mm-hmm. came out mm-hmm. was the transition music or the constant constant background music mm. when people are talking sometimes it's just straight up not necessary yep. more and more films today are doing it mm-hmm. I think it's an issue that I also it takes away there's something where there's music that it's transitional mm-hmm. or there's something like what's on screen is like coming and going they almost. want it snappy and it's when a there's, but when there's di- right and when there's dialogue and you just have music going mm-hmm. I think I have the same problem with a film like Guillermo oh, del Toro yes, yes. I find the same thing with him he has mm-hmm. a lot of just, just boring ass music in the background mm-hmm. and it's my understanding when I've seen interviews of orchestrators and the guy and composers Mm -hmm. they hate it too they Mm -hmm. hate composing it like I I was listening to this one guy and he was like it's always in movies now Mm -hmm. he goes I won't even listen to it a second time I'll record it and it'll be done he goes I won't even listen to it Mm -hmm. because it's got nothing to it and so often times if you you watch that same scene take the music out it's Mm -hmm. so much more impactful with the music out Yeah, yeah. and what this movie does well and it might just be because it's also 21 years old, but during the talking parts, mm-hmm. it seems like it's good. It's just the dialogue. Yep. And then those moments with the transitions mm-hmm. and things are happening because you're dealing with 11 different storylines at some point. Oh, uh, sure, sure. It's just, it's keeping it moving. The mu- Basically, this is a very long way of saying the music is in the movie where it, when it should be mm-hmm. and it's not excess. Yeah, and if anything, it declares, guess what? This is heist action. You know what I mean? When the music yes. is playing, that's when we need to pay attention to the problem solving yeah, of it, our characters. And, and like you said, it's not filler. Mm-hmm. It's not filler transitional music or basic I should say right, right. because like you said it sets the tone it's mm-hmm. very different per what's happening on the screen yeah yeah, yeah. there's definitely uh, specific songs I mean I would call it a soundtrack versus a score because it is it is artists of the time and, and kind of acid jazz and you know new oh, mambo yeah. and, and stuff like that yeah it's soundtrack based so um, yeah but but at the same time it's it's it is it's even passing kind of the logic of it because it's all on brand for the tone of it. And yeah. again, it's kind of almost the anthem of Danny Ocean's crew. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I don't really yeah. consider this style to be the anthem of the casinos or Vegas. It no. really is Danny Ocean specifically yes. and, his, and his crew. I agree so. with that completely. Not that it's not fitting for that Vegas vibe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Acting breakdown, I think that's probably the best bridge I'm going to get <laughs> because, again, there's there's a lot to juggle here. Yeah. And, and what how we'll break this down for some of these is just a very simple kind of good, bad. Uh, Brad Pitt, the most eating scenes I've ever seen. Brad this started Pitt. the meme, I think. It really, it really. Brad it, Pitt eating. It birthed what, what Brad Pitt is and in, 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 in just like. It's so enjoyable it's to watch. Just chewing, yeah, it's just fast talking, chewing, but it's, it's so also good not at gross. It. So I mean, not at all. Yeah, yeah. 
there is there's kind of credit there that it's it's not bad you know yeah so i would say i always enjoy enjoy seeing bernie mac rest in peace i think he's yeah. great in this trilogy and um uh, it was just enjoyable to see him because I think he adds oddly a good amount to to the crew and, and sure. personality of the For crew. Sure, yeah. And uh, <laughs> I did not really expect it, but Casey Affleck is absolutely my favorite of the whole series. Oh, really? He's so He's funny. good. I love it. Uh, very dry, but very funny. Uh, on the bad side, Don Cheadle uh, with the worst British accent I think I have ever heard here. Oh, <laughs> it's, it's fun. It's bad. It's fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and a, a lot of this, folks, this is going to be um, spillover for the next two films as well. Because if anything, the next two films are focused on giving us more time with the lives of the crew yeah. than even the heist itself sometimes. So um, uh, that, that, that'll that be kind of catch-all. I'm very sorry to say I do not think George Clooney is is great in this. It's a shame because we're locking in with him for a trilogy mm-hmm. here. He's just a little too tied up in the romance. And I think that's when this film, specifically the heist, gets hurt by some predictability. Well, is that the acting or the, just the story of the character that they built that was poor? Uh, definitely both. Oh, okay. uh, I would say 50-50. It's, it's, it's tough because Danny Ocean is sold as the best thief on the block. Right. And it's just fundamentally not enjoyable to watch him get caught up in a a romance plot specifically for this one right uh, and it only the, the result of that it only hurt his proficiency or his abilities as a thief to okay. be the best thief on the block so I think there's a there's a conflict there and on top of that I, I don't think Clooney is, is a great actor period so yeah he's just kind of like a guy <laughs> yeah just like a dude yeah. it's just Clooney playing Clooney exactly yeah. so like I said not the best sign going into this trilogy and there's a lot of spillover uh, for praise and criticism uh, yeah. for these actors uh, into the into the other films. I gotta say though, uh, specifically for this one, it's it's Clooney's entanglement with the romance of where it gets messy and where it kind of think it takes away from the cool. You know, this film is all about rule of cool. Well, this this yeah. whole yeah, trilogy yeah, yeah. is about rule of cool. Yeah. So seeing the the abilities being cut. From our main guides, I didn't didn't find it that enjoyable. So, let's talk about the heist. Uh, it has a lot of nods actually to the original movies, which is cool. Primarily, tricks with shutting off the lights is a theme, but it, where it was used as a single punchline in the original film, it's now used through the heist multiple times. Which mm-hmm. is again the theme here with this Ocean's Eleven of two thousand one. Uh, just just so much better writing. You know, you can tell yeah. that yeah, the yeah, writing definitely. is just so tuned in. This this use, or the I would say the repetition of lighting tricks is good writing because it builds our familiarity with the pl- plot device so it can be used to greater effect each time when we get the twists and turns within the, within the heist. Uh, which, uh, again, I uh, just hats off to taking that original concept and, and just expanding yeah yeah tenfold on, yep. almost on every, on almost on every level uh i think what doesn't work is the conflict and surprises within the script and plot uh, this is leagues better than the original film but how we how we're engaged and specifically when some of the twists and turns comes up it feels a little bit inconsequential. It also feels a little bit too loose. Uh, a good example here is Clooney is out of the heist as a plot point, but then it's just like, 
and he's back in. <laughs> you know, it, it right, just didn't right. feel, you know, sticky enough. It didn't feel, okay. uh, it didn't have a good hook to it. Like I said as well, the romance that is tied in here, it's clumsily tacked on to the main heist. And unfortunately, we're going to have to wait until probably Ocean's 13 until we are unburdened from a, a romance subplot in this whole franchise, you know. Uh, actually, Ocean's 13, I think, is the only one that really doesn't have a romance subplot to it. Now, would you say, now, of course, it's almost like, okay, it's Hollywood, there's going to have to be a romance. Were you saying, when you were watching, you were like, well, they could have definitely done this differently. Yes. Okay. And it's specifically in in kind of the predictable, or I don't want to say manufactured, but it's in the predictable feel. It's formulaic. Of, yeah, of yeah. when this romance is causing the wheels on the cart to fall off. Gotcha. You know, I mean, sure, that, sure. that's where I, I say that predictability is hurting it. You know, many times, right on cue, something goes wrong, and it's almost formulaic in its own style. It's like too perfect. Exactly. Okay, yeah. Uh, where the critique on the first one, it was just too perfect without twists. Right. <laughs> in this one, the twists feel too, you know, right they're, on time. Right, they're there, which is better that yep. they're there. But, exactly. But a little bit too, yeah, a little bit too neat. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Right when they're needed, where the twist should be messy uh, by the nature sure. of okay. it. Sure, okay. Honestly, though, this film pulls off a very entertaining movie uh, through this this one big heist plot structure, and that wasn't something its predecessor could necessarily do. So I, I want to give a lot of credit there to, again, they took the the, the format, the skeleton, yeah. if you will, of Ocean's Eleven, and just did such a phenomenal job bringing it to not only the modern day, but crafting this identity to itself. Uh, for a movie exclusively about razzle-dazzle, Ocean Eleven pulls it off. We are going to give Ocean's Eleven 2001 a 77. All right, 77, that, that's really good. And for that 77, would you say that, you know, this definitely has, not that it has a big following, but a lot of people know this movie. Sure. And a lot of people do have fun with it. So it lives up to the hype, I would say. Yes. It lives up to the big, not that it's like the biggest movie, mm-hmm. but it ha- it does have name recognition. Yeah. And yeah. rightfully so is what it seems like. Rightfully so, I think uh, where it maybe falls short from a must-watch for me is, again, this these predictable aspects. Yeah. But at the same yeah. time, it is, uh, again, for the style alone, uh, a very good watch, and I think... Uh, to be you know fitting the bill for anyone looking for that kind of slick jazzy type of heist format there. yeah and what's shocking you know what and i didn't think i got a tommy two shoes for this oh because he's throwing it out <laughs> i honestly didn't think i was gonna have one okay but it's just like i've always really actually liked this movie sure and it, it, i don't know i've i've watched it many 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 times mm-hmm. i really love the music and honestly what i like about it and what i think it's done so poorly is when you have a big cask like this mm-hmm. Uh, a cast like this and it and the juggling act of you have you have to put some sort of spotlight on these characters yep. and how do you juggle that without being a jumbled mess basically mm-hmm. or just like not good this balances many many characters because yeah. it's not just 11 you have Andy Garcia in it as well kind sure. of as the villain in this mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and everyone is balanced properly where maybe Casey Affleck obviously is not in it as mm-hmm. much as some of the other 11 but when he's in it it's right yes you know absolutely. and I think I think it's a juggling act that Soderbergh does really 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 well mm-hmm. um, even in when we did uh, No Sudden Move or something like that yep, yep. he's good at juggling a lot of characters mm-hmm. you, and so it just props to that as well for me very easily this is this is uh, two shoes one of the laces tied wow look at that yeah definitely that. definitely and it is yeah I've, I've always loved this movie and, that, and you were aware of that oh for sure yeah, for yeah. sure if anything uh the reason why this was on the list was i have never really critically watched these films or yeah. seen a lot of them period so that was that was good and, and kind of understanding that that you were a fan of this 
Yeah, okay, fun movie. So we're going to keep it going. So that was 2001. Three years later, 2004, we now have Ocean's 12. Steven Soderbergh is still directing it. Mm. And what do we get with this With this sequel, kind of? So yeah, the sequel hook uh, to get the gang back together is to basically flip the last heist on them. The casino bad guy uh, is extorting them, and they start scoping up a new heist to basically pay him back of sorts um we get into things quickly which is definitely a plus but i i would say this this film is is <laughs> this is much more cartoonish it's like a comic book version of oceans 11 it's very interesting i would say primarily off the back what hurts this kind of flipped around is that the roles of the crew a uh, trapezist uh casino connect were specific for the last heist, mm-hmm. and it comes off just fundamentally a little bit weaker when we're trying to fit the Eleven into a new heist with hanging this kind of extortion above them. Uh, it's it's just a little bit tougher, and a lot of the crew, maybe specifically, uh, you know, th- those roles I mentioned, just kind of are twiddling their thumbs for a lot of the film uh, in this, in Ocean's 12. That's a good way to put it, yeah. Yeah. I, I would say right off the back, things are a lot more cartoonish and campy. The old villain is now a super villain. He has like more <laughs> color coding. It is very, <laughs> I did not expect it at all. Uh, we have comic styled super thief in the story um, called the night Fox, uh, which is, I think a, a welcome <laughs> addition. You know, I'm fine with it being more cartoony, but competition that you have heist competition. Yeah. Style. Yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> uh, and it, it's just, it's just a little bit whiplash cause it goes from semi real to, I don't know, very campy. It's, uh, yeah, you know, yeah, and leaning into that. Um, uh, even even the the scene where the villain lays out their motives uh, that that's where this kind of cartoonish writing is coming to play. And you know, I mean, it's it's uh, you know, it's a heist movie. It doesn't definitely necessarily need to be the most serious, but I would say that's a good way to introduce this. I would say not a fan of some of the editing and transitions here. Not Ooh. usually something I take my knives out on, but... Um, Especially since we almost praised it in, yeah. in for 11. Oh, for sure, for sure. Like quick and choppy? What was the deal? Uh, just, just really, really dated spiral spiral editing and uh, oh God, you know, screen right. wipes. And it's like... No, not in a no, good way. No, 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 Sodenberg. I can do that in Windows Movie Maker right now. <laughs> <laughs> and you could as well in, you know, when this came out. So that's uh, interesting. Yeah. So not it was not fun. Yeah, and and I think you definitely see this um, being a bad probably from their from the production's perspective as well because yeah. this is out of there for thirteen. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's, yeah. it's just a little bit too. I think they tried it and didn't work. Yeah. So they, they... If anything, it's very in line with this being more cartoony. Yeah. yeah. It's just, uh, I, I thought it was a, I saw it, I was just like, whoa, what's, what's going on here? What's, who, who let this happen? Uh, I'm not going to do much analysis, analysis on each character. It's just way too much. But I, I do think <laughs> some characters are much weaker in this, kind of going in line with, oh, okay. you know, certain members of the crew are tw- twiddling their thumbs. But some some characters are just taken in a weird direction. This is primarily targeted at Matt Damon, uh, who I think is, for the whole run of this trilogy, my least favorite in the crew, actually. Really? Um, you don't find it? You don't find him funny? Mm. 
No, no, I didn't. What bothers you about him? It's not bother. I just don't. It kind of surprises I, me. Yeah, he's he's he gets a little bit better. This one specifically, though, it feels like where is they're this making character fun, they're going? making fun of him, right? Almost yeah. like he's still like he's still like the rookie. There's definitely the boys' club aspect to right. all these yes, films yes. that they're they're ribbing each other and whatnot. It's like, yeah, it's I don't know. Matt Damon's That's interesting. I, I thought they were setting up for something else, you know, in 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 this in this film. Okay. But uh, yeah, Matt Damon is just taking it in a weird direction. Um, <laughs> Did you like the scene where they're meeting with like the Russian guy? <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. Like, it's just like he's too much of a rookie. Like, uh, okay, it's, all right. It's, it's 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 odd. A plus is Brad Pitt uh, is gets a much more a larger lead in this, including our romance slot as well. Uh, these segments allow us to see from the law's perspective because. Brad Pitt is uh, screwing the cop, which right. kind of writes itself, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you don't even have to try. It's, of course, Brad Pitt is screwing the cop. It's a new um, perspective for the series because this, uh, once again, is the only time that we're seeing behind the law on this. So mm-hmm. yeah. um, some stuff to distinguish itself. I think, unfortunately, weaker in the result. Uh, it's kind of trying to mix up the formula too much. and um, Like a little bit the, too much going on. You're a little yeah. stretched thin on all the storylines kind of exactly okay, yeah. uh, and we actually see this in in how the heist in this one uh, multiple heists are juggled as well i right. think it's just weaker in in execution like i said before uh soundtrack is a big plus for me i think it has grown with the campiness in this film and is a plus and it's a very good thing because again i can't stress enough this soundtrack really defines this trilogy it defines the oceans movies directly much more yeah. than I don't know. I can't even think of an example of just where the soundtrack is so key to its style and identity of and the would, film. And would you say that it's nice that so you still have David Holmes, so it's so so similar, but mm-hmm. it is nice. It is different, like you said. Like it's not rinse and repeat. It's yeah, not just it's clocked up. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, definitely it's, clocked up. It's uh, nice that there's separation there, at least. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, for sure. And I, it's something I can't necessarily say of Ocean's Thirteen, but uh, again, I was I was happy that some of the campiness was was clocked back mm-hmm. in that film. Yeah. Then, let's go ahead and talk about the heist. Uh, so, uh, right off the back, events are told out of order. So, right away, we have a very different story story structure. This is actually the only one in the franchise, folks, that abandons the one big heist as a story theme. With it being the only one and kind of focusing on micro heists, I think it's a pitfall that almost every other film coming up recognized and said, uh, it's cool, but it's weaker in execution because we're not as invested into the problem solving of the impossible of one. Yeah, but when you have the one heist, it's it's all your all your eggs are in that basket. Mm -hmm. You care the most about it and you have the most time on it. It's the most intense yeah. when you're split up you can only care so much about each individual mm-hmm. one instead of that big bang effect kind exactly. of that final exactly yeah now we do see a lot more time with the crew i i would say that's a plus because that's definitely what oceans 13 leads into into it's now a full hangout movie with the crew right uh, and almost like doesn't care about the heist in some ways <laughs> uh but i would say that what the real problem is here is that what the crew is doing uh is not communicating well in the writing there is just kind of scenes to look cool around the heist and 
there's no real substance. Um, I'll call this, uh, we're going to cement a new syndrome. I'm going to call Uh-oh. this vodka, vodka commercial syndrome. That <laughs> they're just, Ooh, do you like tell. that? I, I get it, what you're saying. Yeah. Expand on it. Uh, it reminds me of those like old Kettle One commercials that's just guys entering a room and like being like, yeah, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. And that's no, kind of this no film. Real depth. Yeah, no real depth. No real depth, but yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and granted, that could be this, <laughs> this whole trilogy if you look at it from like a really critical way but specifically in 12 there there's a lack of substance to that scenes just to look cool and there's not problem solving and maybe that right. ties into again it's weaker weaker writing a little bit in that i would say part of this is as well this script is it's just thief jive talk um uh, work with me here thief the the <laughs> there's there's thief jive talk that they're just saying something that that means something else throughout this entire franchise even up until 8 and right. not in this one it is overwhelming it is basically they're just throwing out dummy phrases what i mean by thief dive talk is they're throwing out dummy phrases in pl- in place of the planning of the heist to sound cool first of all oh, but this- also to obscure the information for characters in the world listening what fails is that we're listening as well as the audience <laughs> so and we don't know and we don't know what's going yeah. on are you is this like um there's a certain like a uh, heist trick where it's just like it, yeah. like an, an act of shutting down the lights or something sure, like that. Sure. Like, oh, so we do a John Potato, right? Uh, yeah, like exactly. that kind of thing. Yeah. Perfect. So, yeah, perfect. We'll do that. All right. Yeah, I have some. I think I, I think this was in the film. It's just like something like is like we need a squealing pig and the grease man's got to catch him or something. <laughs> yeah. like, you know what I mean? The, that it, is it de- fun or no? It's definitely present throughout the whole trilogy, but in this one, it is constant. I it's, don't think there's a it's single. It's cranked up too much. Yeah, there's not a single plot piece around any heist that is explained in plain English and <laughs> it gives us a very like where the hell are we type of feel to right. the script so I gotta say I mean uh, unfortunately this really shoots the whole heist angle in the foot because that little, much? That- little heist or not the point of Getting us up to speed quickly on one big heist is that we problem solve with the characters. That's what's enjoyable there. You yeah. know, we're or, or at least we're seeing them in every action move closer towards the sure. goal. With this, not only is it not one big goal and we have that broken up, but as well we have a very loose understanding as the audience of what the hell actually needs to be done to make the impossible possible. And I think that's where it once again kind of trips and falls over its own sure, yeah. type of switch up. It's trying to switch things up. But it's it's just stumbling over it, uh, which is again something that the whole franchise learns from, and we are one big heist as a story structure for the entire length that is of good. this. I'll, I'll props to Soderbergh for that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I I do want to give props to him trying to switch things up in his own franchise. Right. Yeah. You know, no one's twisting his arm. Hey, for this it, doesn't so. work. The transitions don't work. All right, let's go back. You uh, can exactly. tell. I mean, this is his baby. I yeah. Mean, you can't say it's not. You know? Exactly. He prevents the slippery slope from Correct. movie to movie. Yeah. So, I would say. Yeah, it, it, again, it, this this jive talk, uh, it, it's, <laughs> I don't care if it makes sense in the secret language, uh, it's just used way too frequently, and our grasp on the stakes itself are, are immensely weaker. Mm-hmm. Uh, worst of all, the ending is, I would say, not satisfying in the least. A 180 from the first one, where, the, uh, where Ocean's Eleven was all about kind of 
getting a real razzle dazzle ending. Like yeah. we brought it home, you know, everyone gets what they want. Oh yeah, plays a classical song. Exactly. The, yeah, Where this, it's just like it's 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 almost intentionally unsatisfying. So um, overall, I think this movie has a lot of style to it. If anything, more so than the first, but has a lot of holes in it. And honestly, a great fringe case for the ratings that a movie just falls shy of a benchmark. We're going to go ahead and give Ocean's 12 a 59. Ooh, 59. Yeah. Okay, that's I'm happy with that score. Yeah. I was afraid it was going to get close to the 40s, but it's, no. it's definitely like... It's still somewhat fun. Like, yeah. It's still okay. To, it's still a good time And to especially watch. if you understand that it's it's trying to be more cartoony and campy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just go in, you know, not expecting them again. Are their villain is like a, a super villain. Right. right. He has like a red ascot. <laughs> it's like, what? That should be up your alley. That should be right up your alley. I know, I know. And I think, I, and I'm going to go ahead and assume that your suggestion would be like, like, hey, if you're going to sit down and watch one of these, like, don't go and jump around. Oh, for 11 sure. is great. Watch 11. Yep. If you're still into it, go ahead and exactly. go ahead and do 12. Okay. Yeah. And that, and even in my description of the opening, the, the plot here is always 11 plus thieves and one big heist. You know what I mean? That's not rocket science. You can technically jump around anywhere. Sure. But I think... This one, it maybe benefits from understanding the dynamic of the crew. Knowing your characters yeah, more. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, what character have you, What do you think of uh, Carl Reiner, too? Plays Saul, the older guy. Oh, yeah. I liked him a lot. I yeah. like, actually, uh, what's the older... Um, there's two older gentlemen. Uh, uh, Ruben. Yes. He plays yes, Ruben, yeah. Right, by Elliot right. Gould. Yeah, Gould yeah. yeah. Yeah, both of those are good. I would say definitely uh, higher standouts than... You well, know, he's I such mean, a character. Yeah, Ruben yeah. is such a character. Yeah. Exactly. That's awesome. Okay, so all right, so fifty nine for Ocean's Twelve. I like I like that score. Actually, yeah. By no means, again, just like Ocean's Eleven, the first one, mm-hmm. yeah. um, or, or original. <laughs> Get my wires crossed yeah. here. <laughs> uh, it's not a bad film. I just think uh, has some hurdles to it. So yeah. Okay. Awesome. So that's uh, fifty nine for twelve. So we're gonna move on again. It's three years ahead. I love the way they came out. The two thousand one, two thousand four, then two thousand seven. Oh wow! Three years apiece. Yeah, I yeah. love it. Very clean. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Sodenberg at the helm as we know this is oceans 13 and what do we get with 13 so uh, our opening here is that a member of the team gets knocked on a bad business deal uh the construction of one of the largest and one of the finest casinos ever created and guess what it's owned by al pacino himself (laughs) (laughs) uh we'll get into to pacino a little bit Uh, i would say our opening hook isn't super strong but my praise here is that it gets us right into the planning and is the best of both worlds because it's much less cartoony than the second one. It's not the bad guy of the last movie is now the bad guy again. Yeah. It is, it's a bad business deal. It's almost very realistic into this crew having money and what they would land into being in the criminal world. Yeah, that's so. a very good way to put it. It brings it back down to earth a little bit yeah. and, and centers us more so just we're in Vegas again and we have ourselves a real storyline. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And once again, it it's, it's gets us into the action. Hell, the first 30 minutes is almost exclusively all plan talk, which is, again, enjoyable because once it's I, I wouldn't even say once it's out of the way because I do enjoy that plan talk, but because the dialogue is good, right? You're yes. happy with the writing in this one. Oh yeah, the, than... the drive talk is is clocked back significantly. Right, I think right. The two lessons Sodenberg learns is editing and yeah. well, maybe three: editing, tone, and, and scale and the story. Yeah, and, yeah. and engage and focus, the audience. Yeah, and, and, and focus more on that formula of Absolutely. Bi- sticking to one big heist kind one of one big yeah. heist problem solved. There it is. Yeah. You know. You can you could just follow it along so much better because you know not every other word is a dummy replacement for another word. Right, you know right. what I mean? Uh, I gotta 
you know, give some credit to, to 12 in its excess of that, but, uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's just, it's just so much better. We can actually pay attention to what the hell is going on. So as, as I said, we are back to one big heist in its writing and honestly for the better, clearly the strong suit of the franchise, George Clooney and crew are back at it again. Part of the reason why we have so many great spotlight scenes with the crew in this one and is really the... What what holds the hangout type of movie uh, description for this? Yeah, is that the pacing is slowed down and it's it's really for the better. I would say, which is uh, surprising. Yeah, because so far the pacing is great in these. Like, oh, absolutely. The pacing isn't the problem. Yeah, but and why is it better? It's slowed down. Why is it still good? It's slowed down because the the heist is uh, by the nature of this being the final in the trilogy. Yeah, uh, all yeah. the more impossible. <laughs> right, right. Uh, and again, the, you know, the first thirty minutes is just talking about the. The plan itself but i think in the execution more than ever it feels like the crew has lives outside the heist um, ah. this gets involved into plot elements of what they've been doing with money uh, it's it's the spotlights of the crew that are so great and what i loved about this movie even though the heist elements may be not as strong as ocean 11 our time with the crew is Top Great. not. I, I, yeah. I really, I loved it. Um, it really is the, the strongest in, in some ways. Um, I would say, you know, when it comes to the comedy, it plays out much more naturally and slower because of the pacing. Okay. Uh, it's really like funny. Like forced, you're saying? Like it's a little yeah. bit more casual we're just kind of like checking in and we're almost like halfway into a joke by the time the scene starts but it also works because it's like again these crews are the crew is just living you know i mean they're actually friends with each other and they're actually doing heists together yeah 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 uh and i think it's very successful in that uh clooney and pitt uh have a great kind of slow conversations about nothing uh casey affleck has the best running joke in the entire (laughs) series uh, about him starting a revolution in Mexico. It's so good. You like it? Oh my god. It was my favorite part. I remember when I first watched it, I was just like, what is this? What's going on? And then it's like, oh, okay, I get it. It's kind of good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, It's just so funny how it builds. Uh, And uh, and again, much slower, you know, in Mm -hmm. in, in the previous films, that'd be a once and done, but it's this film is confident because it knows you want to spend time with the crew. Yeah, and guess what? It, it, it's going to play that out over a longer period because we want to be with the crew. Yep. So absolutely, uh, I think it, I think it builds uh, much better for that reason. And oddly, slower pacing I think helps that uh, specifically for comedy to it. And so if we jump that, uh, take it by character, where a lot of the characters um, were lacking more in twelve compared mm-hmm. to eleven. How are characters doing now compared to twelve? I think it's a it's a one two punch because of the lack of jive talk, or, or I should say, just being able to pay attention to the, the actual plot points of. The sure. uh, and the slower pacing, we get more focus and more. Yeah, there's just more time to for us to see some of the crew that may not like have a Matt- formal role, but still has a play in some sure. sort of scheme. You know, and now like Matt Damon is more competent. It's his third Eggs, film now. Like yeah. I'm, he's better in it, right? right. Okay. He's better. He definitely has a larger role, which uh, you know I wasn't like okay. super thrilled with. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> but there's just so much more real estate for all characters, yeah. and I think and it's fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, it is really good. When it comes to the situational humor, it just works so much better 
And I think, again, oddly, it works better than the heist elements itself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's no bullshit romance here, which is even more runtime. There's even more real estate to yeah. just focus on the boys. You know, it's yeah. Ocean's Eleven. You know what I mean? <laughs> you don't need it. You know? <laughs> so uh, it's very enjoyable with that. Uh, and with that, why don't we talk about the heist itself? Okay. First hour and 15 minutes, it is all set up. Yeah. Uh, the jobs within the jobs. Uh, and that's where, again, we have this real estate to just kind of hang out with the crew. And everyone's got their shtick. Like everyone's yeah. got their, their yeah. job. Yeah. yeah. The, also, uh, I'm just thinking of it now. Uh, there's also not a time constraint necessarily on it, mm-hmm. on the plot. And again, it just gives us more time to the crews figuring out the impossible. And guess what? We're there with them on it. So. Yeah. I love the edits here. Total 180 uh, in, in, in comparison to Ocean's 12. Um, specifically, this film has a gimmick of a divided comic book panel look, but it's not just freeze frames or anything. We have oh, that's right. very important information being communicated in each, but it's all rapid fire. And it's, it looks good, yeah. yeah not wasting great. your time at all. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's also only used once we get into that last 45 minutes where it is all meat. Uh, yeah. There is all killer, no filler. Uh, and it's just so, so well shot. Uh, I, I really, really enjoyed the the razzle-dazzle, the finale of this one. Be that it's the last 45 minutes, <laughs> so it's a, it's, a, it's a hell of a razzle-dazzle. But, right, it's uh, a long ride, but yeah, it's, fun. It, it yeah. is. It's enjoyable for how fast-paced it, it clocks it up now that we're in it, actually. Uh, I will say... Certain scenes did have some fat to trim. Um, <laughs> Matt Damon remains my least favorite character. Okay, I think, that's fine. I think that's some right. of his social engineering stuff, I mean, I don't know. I, I just didn't find it that enjoyable. Okay. But, but maybe that's just down to the character preference. Sure, alone. yeah. I would say the, the downside where it comes with the heist is that the logic of pulling off the heist is definitely the weakest of the series, unfortunately. The actual heist has no way of working when you actually look at, when you look at these plot points, whether you can understand them or not. Uh, too many impossible like casino rigs are just kind of falling into place. No questions asked. Okay, sure. Um, especially with the longer runtime um, or, or the, the longer planning phase. I would have liked them to kind of overcome it or at least see us overcome it in the planning sure. rather than kind of hand wave and then, oh, they got it. You know what I mean? Luck paid off in some sort of way. Um, I guess that's I d- what I you get. I definitely like that, yeah. With this being more of a comedy uh, than a heist first, it's definitely comedy hangout yeah, first. Yeah, it's not drama heist. heist. It's yeah. a comedy heist. Exactly. Fun heist is really yeah. what it is. Yeah. 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 But uh, think, things fall in place a little bit too quick and easy. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and no questions asked. I mean, I'm fine with things falling sure. into place. It's obviously got to go right for the guys. Yeah, yeah. But it's, it's, it's without explanation in some cases. Okay, sure. Uh, especially around the rigging of elements in the casino. Very key to the heist. And that's where I say it's almost impossible because it's like... You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this many things falling into place just flat out it's a don't lot, make yeah. sense. Yeah. But I have to admit, I, I thought in ways it worked better than Ocean's Eleven, where twists and turns were predictable. In 13, all the twists are so outlandish, it, it kind of serves the comedic setup to this film. As much as I would like to say that... The movie as a whole is better than the first one. I can't exactly reward sloppier writing, which is really key here because, believe me, I'm I'm into the heist element. I want the heist element. Yeah. But 
in, in just the same way with Ocean's 12, it kind of helps if you understand it through a different lens. Uh, this helps if you understand it as primarily a comedy and kind of a payoff, kind of a cathartic payoff that these are the characters you love. Guess what? We're hanging out with them. You know, <laughs> it's gonna work out. You know, <laughs> that, that's that's kind of all it is. And let me tell you, this crew is is at its best. Uh, the film understands that the crew is the strength, and I gotta be honest, I, I think the crew is what this whole franchise has been about. Absolutely, so, yeah. Inter- internet rankings be damned. It is the best one. We're going to give what? Ocean's 13 a 78. Are you serious? Oh, yeah. I think it's the best one. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sad about it. You know, yeah. I do. I thought, yeah, I don't know. I agree with you that three is like... I don't know. People make maybe the most fun about it because they think it's the third one is going to be the worst one. Yeah, they... it, it's, it is really good. Yeah. It is good. Uh, one thing we didn't really touch on that we, we should mm-hmm. is Al Pacino, I think, uh, is great. It's true. It's true. Yeah, yeah I, think it, I don't He's, think it's... I, I wanted maybe a little bit more of like a like a real, real freak like out, a, you know. Oh, like a, like a Pacino moment, oh, kind yeah. of. Oh, yeah. I wanted, I wanted heat, you know. Okay, sure, sure, yeah. <laughs> but he's still he's still so great at this. And... He, no, yeah, he's. I think he plays a great villain. Mm-hmm. And honestly, it gets the vibe. I don't know if they shot in a real casino or not, but the mm-hmm. sets looked great. Like yes. in the casino. Yep, yep. It's supposed to be the newest, the best, the latest. It's kind of semi-futuristic. Type of, it's like awesome. Know, yeah, it it yeah. totally is viable. Absolutely. I can't believe you guys are 70. I'm I am telling shocked. you, it is the best of the trilogy. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yep. Um, and it's and again, it's wow. stress enough. It, it is the best of the trilogy because what is the trilogy about? It is about the crew. It, it is. It's Ocean's yes. Eleven. It's about the Eleven Thieves. So this film kind of understanding that and giving more runtime dedicated to their lives, how they exist as characters, how they interact in the boys club of it. Yep. I, I think it understands it better and I think it comes out as as really my favorite of the of the three. Unbelievable. You must have been shocked. I was shocked. You were expecting what, 50s, I'm sure. Oh, because or something the like internet that. hates this movie. Uh, but I think it understands why. Yeah. what the strengths are of the franchise so much better. Definitely better than 12. I'm know? shocked. I really thought it would go one, three, and two. It's yeah. placement sure. like 11 would be the best yep. and 3 would be yep. second best that's shocking yeah. and i mean it's, it's one point it's one point, it's one yes. point i think I, I they're almost identical yes. uh, you know yeah, they, yeah. they both have a little bit of harm to it uh, but uh um, but yeah and then just a quick note on on the music um, just as good same, yes. same deal i same, do think personally i think the music hits the best in, in 3 really yeah yeah because there's a few songs i just love yeah and there are yeah. some actually callbacks i believe to the to the first as well and in, in, yeah. in how uh, like you noted actually classical music being used and whatnot. Yeah. So. All right. Uh, wow. Seventy-eight. <laughs> I was shocked. I, I was. I was, was watching. Fun, this was a pretty Absolutely. special for you. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I was watching this film. I was like, no way. It's better than. That. <laughs> <laughs> Am I really going to be a contrarian and say Ocean's Thirteen is? But I'm telling you, I'll, I'll, I'll die on the sword. And the reason why I have to, and I keep on saying the word fun. These are so much fun to watch. Sure. Yeah. They just are. Yeah. They're fun. They're easy watchers, and they're just having a good time with the guys. Exactly. Yeah. From that and perspective, I, I even twelve is is excusable yeah. for that. And I don't feel like it's a guy flick. This. I don't think this fair. is like a bro film to invite for people. Anyone can enjoy these movies. Fair. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So before our last film, we're just going to go ahead and quick do. We don't do donation segments or anything like that, but we do just want to remind people we're producer supported it's a value for value model are you getting value from the special from the normal podcast are you going to the site and checking it out and you know is this do you find yourself enjoying this are you finding it valuable well if you could go to the dailyratings.com go to the donations tab and send some value our way through monetary support basically it's uh, subscriptions it's one-time donations pick whatever number you want whatever amount you've 
feel is important to you or whatever value you're getting, uh, you can send our way. And we appreciate it so much. It's what keeps this going. And it also gives you the credit, the real producer credit of being a producer of the daily ratings. And also, hey, if you have not much to give and we understand that, tell somebody about it. You know, we can't thank you enough for, for propagating and, and getting the message out there for mm-hmm. us. Um, but that's how we roll. That's a value for value model. And we thank you so much for those of you who produce the daily ratings. Okay, so we've had <laughs> we've had 11, 11, 12, and 13. Yep. There was a big hiatus, 11-year hiatus, where we had nothing from Ocean's movies. Really? And 11? It was, wow. It was always toy... Yeah, we're in 2018. Mm-hmm. And the third uh, Ocean's 13 was 2007. And, you know, there was always talk of, is this going to be Ocean's 4? What are we going to do? Like, if it mm-hmm. were to be done again, it has been toyed around a little bit. And yep. Art Clooney would be asked about it in interviews or such. Oh, for sure. But here we are. This is the all-female cast. Mm-hmm. This is Ocean's 8, presumably because if it does well, we have 8, 9, 10. Uh, sure. Also, 8 thieves. So, Yeah, but it's written that way. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's so yeah. we could have 8, 9, 10 <laughs> right, if, right. if there's going to be the female trilogy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's Ocean's 8. Uh, the director now is Gary Ross. Mm-hmm. You know, Steven Soderbergh really doesn't have a hand anymore in it. Yeah. And how does this get glued together? What, why do we have this? What is it? Sure, and sure. And are we in the world of Ocean still? Danny Ocean. Oh, 100%. Yeah, th- if anything, this is a direct sequel to the trilogy, despite Soderbergh's trilogy coming to an end. Yeah. I have no idea what compelled the director of Seabiscuit to direct the femme version of this franchise, but uh, <laughs> the answer is most definitely money. Uh, that is that is the answer. Ah, yes. <laughs> so, uh, I think, honestly, this film in 2018 along with Ghostbusters 2016 point to the brief gender swap trend in Hollywood uh, which I think we're mostly done with now it was a kind of a flash in the pan and mostly because of the quality of the film exactly Yeah. yeah Um, money talks you know <laughs> yeah it definitely does uh but i think um when when i when i point to the gender swap of this i'm not going to be just needlessly criticizing the fact that we go from all boys to all girls yeah Honestly, if anything, I think this is more appropriate of a gender swap than something like uh, Ghostbusters 2016 because it really was an all boys club. You know what I mean? There, there, there okay. was, there was a, you know, a, a style in itself to that. So, um, nonetheless, I, I think I, I just want to get across that I'm not needlessly coming down, or my critiques are not coming down on this just because of that gender swap. I think it is fundamentally weaker, and, and oddly enough, for how much it ties itself to the original trilogy, I can't stress enough. Yeah. This is in universe, you know. What I mean, yes, this yeah, is yeah. <laughs> the ocean's cinematic universe. <laughs> so far, it's doing much it. better than they, they'll do it. They'll they will do it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so. Sandra Bullock is Danny Ocean's sister, Debbie Ocean. I kid you not. <laughs> you couldn't. You couldn't do it. Couldn't come oh, up with, with Debbie. That's terrible. Debbie Ocean. That's bad. Uh, the new crew's skin in the game is um, kind of a mix of Ocean's Eleven and Ocean's Thirteen. We have kind of a uh, a mix of revenge and also romance, risking to derail the plan, and that's where the twist and also the hook kind of comes from okay. here. Um, not terrible as far as that initial premise, but uh, like I said, one hundred percent a Soderbergh universe Ocean's film. Uh, we have special appearances from some of the old. Crew, even in this, and obviously the the constant referencing of Danny Ocean, and this is Debbie Ocean's sister, right? You know of course, I mean? yeah. I think this is where this film is hurt so much. I would really, 
really rather if it just shook the baggage of the original trilogy. Do your own thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And I really don't think it would be half bad because I I think the pitfall that this film has by tying it to the original trilogy is that the nostalgia, if you will, of the original trilogy is semi-pointless, but it also invites its criticism as well being tied to that because guess what? Now it is it is a comparison game of where does yeah, this fit time. among the original show? Where's the ranking? It's shoving it into your face when it would really exactly. strategically should be trying to distance itself. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And probably the worst thing you can do in a franchise is invite some sort of internet-esque ranking, you know, clip, clickbait article of which uh-huh. which one is the best. If this separated itself from the original franchise, it wouldn't be inviting in that criticism and that comparison to, yeah. you know, what is it attached at the, at the hip to that original trilogy. Uh, I have to admit, though, after three films, I found myself... Yeah, missing Soderbergh's style. This film is much darker, much moody uh, in its approach of cool. It is definitely cool. You know, I mean, it's it's still running by the rule of cool and trying to make sure the crew is as slick as possible. But it's missing that uh, again that iconic soundtrack that I, I would say I oh. identify. You know, it is the identity of the Soderbergh trilogy. Uh, so I think um, it it just feels. A little bit more generic in its moodier and darker approach certainly feels much more late 2010s and 2018 specifically for that reason. Where the original trilogy, not necessarily a uh, a bad thing that it felt like a time capsule to early 2000s. And if anything, again, like I said many a times, gave that identity to yeah, that trilogy. Definitely, definitely. So, but as far as tone, it could not be farther from that original those original movies and like I said already, I I just wish they did not attach it at all. My preference aside, you can feel the difference in more cookie-cutter edits. Uh this film is edited like any other fast-paced Sandra Sandra Bullock vehicle. Uh feels like the heat. <laughs> Feels like Lost City. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it, just generic and yeah. Qu- the quick. editing specifically, you know like care I mean? wasn't taken into it. It wasn't anything special. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, and it just just feels very cookie cutter Hollywood. Right. I, again, I'm not trying to really take my knives out. I mean, Sea Biscuits a fine film. <laughs> <laughs> Like I said, the romance is a repeat and a rewashing of Ocean's Eleven, where it is interwoven into the job. Um, Honestly, copy and paste my critique here. Uh, I think it is just the same. Mm. Debbie Ocean's Mm. competency is hurt by a very uh, predictable element of her best thief type of tile title is stripped away from her because the romance gets her to mess up. Right. You know what I mean? It it is fundamentally not enjoyable seeing the best of the best not be the best of the best. And 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 really it's this copy and paste criticism of what it was in Ocean's Very 11. true, yeah. So one last time, let's go ahead and talk about the job. Firmly in the one big heist format, uh they the crew uh wants to rob the Met Gala, um, which <laughs> Feels a bit on the nose for the femme swap of this, uh, you know. But whatever, I, I'm not. I'm not going to get involved with that. I mean, you know, did you really have to, you know, uh, tie it into fashion? Right, no, I, right. I, I feel like I, it, I, I, again, the film almost invites criticism in that way. Too, right. right. So, uh, a positive is uh, we are 
uh, again, pre-crew being established. We're starting over. So a positive is we are gathering that new crew together, which invites a lot of new intros and a lot of fun scenes. Aquafina, uh, oddly enough, is a standout here. I really loved her character in this, and I think she has kind of some of the best scenes in the whole film, uh, being this kind of um, sleight of hand uh, type of lifter or, or, or you know, you know, pickpocket uh, to the to the sure. to the crew. Uh, there's a heavy reliances uh, as far as the heist itself on the gimmick of camera glasses, uh, which huh. gets real old for how often it's used. You know, um, it also even feels a bit too simple for the franchise. I mean, I'm not saying there's brilliance in the. You know, the almost fantasy cameras of, of button pin cameras that they just placed everywhere in the original trilogy. But camera, camera glasses, glasses feels like 60s writing. It feels like, you know, yeah. it feels like 60s television or writing. Or spy or generic sure. spy. Yeah, something. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and they're, they're, oh, that's interesting. Know, they're all yeah. wearing like horn rim glasses. And it's just like, all right, you can put right. I mean, Even if it's like fantasy technology, which very much the original trilogy dips into. Right. Uh, it, it, I, I just feel again, you know, it's just. I mean, I, I think any 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 entry level uh, screenwriter can think of camera glasses to get our our film up to speed or get our characters uh, informed to what's yes. going on on the field. It's laziness almost. Yeah. It comes across as lazy and not necessarily like, ooh, ooh, ooh they did that. That's a good idea. It's yeah, just like, yeah. oh, of course. All right, camera glasses short. Exactly. So uh, the heist is split perfectly even between all members of the crew. Uh, it is like perfectly distributed, <laughs> which I guess to some of my criticisms of earlier films is kind of a good thing. What is odd is that for the first time, we have a post-heist sequence. Um, okay. The last 30 minutes is dedicated to the investigation after the fact, which is is new for the franchise and I think a, a pitfall as well because part of what's so good about these films being directed towards razzle-dazzle, it's about the big payoff of the, of the one big heist, right. is that we don't have to deal with the messy after yeah. effect of you law. You get it and, and you're out. Yeah, 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 you're in and you're out. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think there's a serious reason why we never saw that done before. We hit. Well, the cl- you did, but but you had more movies to expand upon it. Right, it's the whole premise of. Oh, right, yes. Twelve absolutely. in the beginning. Yeah, it was yeah, absolutely with the aftermath itself. Yeah. yeah. Um, we hit the climax, and now we have to basically restart the tension. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And guess what? The tension is James Corden. Like, what? <laughs> That's so true. Oh, my God. It's so I true. the barf. <laughs> it's, like, not menacing at all. No. Like, I mean... You'd think you'd want, like, just, like, almost, uh, hell, lean into the femme perspective. Give, like, a misogynist asshole as the law or something like that. How about this? You know what would be, sure, that? Yeah. Or how about do what Sodenberg did in Logan Lucky... Oh, sure. Or Lucky Logan. Yeah, uh, yeah Logan L- Lucky. Logan Lucky, and he had Hillary Swank mm-hmm. in it. And Hillary Swank did a great job yeah, as yeah. the agent that came in and tried to figure out what the hell happened here. <laughs> exactly. Much better than James Corden. Yeah, yeah. Actually, that's a great example of, you know? of him dealing with post-heist tension, you know, and building it up again. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah 100%. And, and like I said, folks, I'm, I'm really... I just, <laughs> I'm laughing. Laugh see, you know, Seabiscuit did the race and it was over. It's, <laughs> <laughs> this is one build-up. Yeah. You don't got to worry about it, you know. Is the horse win or not? Yeah. <laughs> uh, like I said, folks, I- I'm really not knocking this film for something because in just the same way that I'm with, with my contrarian pick of Ocean's 13 being the best, I- I'm not playing into the mindless internet hate of this is female gender swap and therefore bad. I, I think... This film has invites critique, invites baggage because of its tie to the original trilogy. Yeah. 
Um, Shoot, constant shooting itself in the foot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, because, if anything, that original trilogy is so defined by a strong identity, by playing it cool, by playing it a little bit more laid back, it feels weaker for that reason. Uh, and, and, and again, I can't stress, I'm not just... Uh, I'm not just throwing it out there because that's the status quo and, right, and people right. like to hate on these femme swaps. Uh, it's This film really is fundamentally weaker because it tries to do less and comes off just a little bit more blah for that reason. It invites the comparison to the core movies. And sadly, from that perspective, this is just a much weaker product because of that comparison. Uh, it's slower, it's less funny, it feels cookie cutter, uh, and its quality was shown clear as day when watching them together in direct of the franchise. We are going to go ahead and give Ocean's 8 a 43. 43, okay, wow. I, I, you know, I'm not surprised by that. I could have even see, saw it maybe being in the 30s or something mm-hmm. like that, but mm-hmm. I, I can almost bet bet the house that it was yeah. going to uh, be under a 50. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. Definitely. I absolutely have a Tommy Two Shoes for this movie oh! and have been waiting weeks. Oh, like, this, boy. This I was prepared for. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not that it needs much thought, Vin. Um, I am going to go more on, on the hate a little oh, bit. Okay, hey, fair. I will in. have my knives out. They're, they're out. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so <laughs> I'll try to condense as much as possible because <laughs> right. it's Ocean's Eight. You know what I mean? Sure, exactly. Um, for the swim fem swap thing, mm-hmm. uh, it was this movie was un it's it's uninspiring. Mm-hmm. It's uninspiring. Like you said, the dialogue is not as good. Mm-hmm. The heist is okay. It's it's fine, but everything about it it's it's not important. This movie was made for one specific reason, mm-hmm. and because you have that, the movie itself it's there's no way to really be good or great sure. because. Yeah. The point isn't really what's in the film. The point is that the film was made. Mm. And that's mm. why, you know what I mean? It's a vehicle, you know. Right. To the point of shooting itself in the foot. Okay, so we know what Ocean's Eleven is. We have it. It's, you know, it is a story of Ocean's. The guy is going into it. Blah, Slick blah, blah. heist. Yeah. Great. Okay, hey, we need more female-led cast. We need female cast. Let's just do the gender swap thing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, so what you're saying is, like, how is it going to be as good or better? These are characters that have been made and that we know these characters to be somebody. Mm-hmm. Kate Blanchett, who I love, mm. love. This almost destroyed so much my love for Kate Blanchett. <laughs> First of all, her name is Lou. They gave her a guy name and then they wanted her to breed Brad Pitt. Debbie and Lou. They like she, it was it was eye rolly and I like honestly just like, oh my god, really? Right, right. They tried to make her so cool. They tried to make her a dude. Mm, they tried mm. to make her Brad Pitt. Oh, for sure. Yeah, she's, she's very she's, tomboyish the whole film. Yeah. Right. And the thing is, it's just like, okay, well, is this going to be a movie with females? Mm. Because now you're just taking a female cast and you're making them like a one-to-one mm. of the guy characters already. Yep. Make yep. them unique of their own. There is no uniqueness to this film. Mm-hmm. Zero uniqueness. Mm-hmm. Sandra Bull- I mean, for with your comments of George Clooney, sure. how he's just like, all right, it's just George Clooney. Right, right. Now we have Sandra Bullock trying to act like George Clooney <laughs> which, like that. <laughs> which it wasn't worth which acting it, like right, in it the wasn't, first place. Right, exactly. And yeah. now you're just having Sandra Bullock act like George Clooney. It's just like, it, it doesn't work doubly. Mm-hmm. And again, Kate Blanchett, like, make her a cool female character. Don't try Try to make her Brad Pitt because right. she's not Brad Pitt. Mm-hmm. And we have three films 
of Brad Pitt being true rusty. compare against exactly it's inviting the critique. It's basically. so annoying, and yeah. that's the thing. It can't be as good or better. It's impossible because mm. those characters were those characters. Sure. So sure. you can't replace them as much as you want, and it shouldn't try. You know, it really. Right. You know, I mean, and, do its own thing. And do it, it. It's I kept on commenting how fun it was to watch those first three. Yeah. This I found annoying. Mm. I found annoying and insulting. Mm-hmm. It brings me back when Kate Blanchett was on, she was like doing the tour, you know, the, okay. the, the press tour basically. Mm-hmm. I think she was on Colbert. And Colbert just, simple question, it was towards the end of the interview, interview and he said, why Ocean's 8? To which Kate Blanchett should be, well, hey, we think the story's good and there's more to continue. You can mm-hmm. imagine that we might have some more oceans along the way, something like that. <laughs> right, right. And her response was, to the question, why Ocean's 8? Kate Blanchett's was, because there's only eight women in Hollywood. And I, oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's like, okay, great, Kate. Right. Get your punch card out. Very good. Like, your woke victim punch card. Oh, wow. And that's You're exactly so right, what it though. was. And yeah. it's annoying. And it's just like, okay, really? Okay, yeah. I don't see Scarlett Johansson. I don't see a Daily Ratings favorite of Frances McDormand in oh, it. Oh, sure, like, don't, sure. D- don't do that, yeah, okay? Yeah. Like, be a professional. Yeah. And her character sucked, which is just like, it, it destroyed me. <laughs> you just, this you're whole, destroying this This film. whole movie <laughs> is a social justice punch card. And sure. they got it out and it got punched. I and think that's so. the only thing that matters. You want good female leads, you want mm-hmm. good female cast. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, let's not actually dig into history where there's unbelievable stories that people don't actually mm. know. Let's be inventive and go ahead and make our own awesome female characters. Yeah. Let's take what worked and let's go ahead and give people something no one was asking for. Mm-hmm. No one no was one. asking for a female mm-hmm. Oceans movie. And, and then they made it. You got your punch card done. Mm-hmm. And now look what happened. Where are the other ones being made? Oh, They're right, not. Right, Because yeah, it's, it's atrocious. Dumb. It's terrible. You know, and it's just, it's not a good movie. Yeah, yeah. And and it, who was asking for the, the tale of Danny Ocean's sister? No you know what I mean? One. It's just, it's no so one. Like, and what? if you want to do it, I, yeah. and, and I would say, like, Atomic Blonde hit so much more, was so much better mm. of, like, a John Wick one-off than this was of an Ocean's one-off. Sure, almost. as far as the, the, the swap could, of it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, this was just shooting itself in the foot left and right, and quite mm-hmm. frankly, and, and I don't know, am I being too internet trolly? I mean, this just, <laughs> no. it, it's bleeding it throughout the film. And yeah. you understand my, my thing of just, like, do you have to have the exact same one-to-one ratio of those characters? Mm. They tried to make Kate Blanchett a dude. Yeah. Her name is Lou, and they tried to make her Brad Pitt, and she wears <laughs> leather jackets, she rides motorcycles, yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. just like, no. Yeah. Kate Blanchett is awesome and beautiful and can do any character, <laughs> apparently, other than this. I mean, other than be Brad Pitt. So it's the whole, just your favorite actress. Or <laughs> it was upsetting, yeah, you know, yeah. but that's what it was. And I'm not going to waste more time on it. But uh, I would say that my biggest thing, you know what I've been struggling? I've been, <laughs> giving, I've been giving thought about this for like wow. days because it's like <laughs> with the two shoes rating, it's it's like, oh, he's going to give it no shoes? We've well, never done that before. Is he going to give it one shoe? What's that? <laughs> and it's like, shoeless? is it good enough for one shoe? I don't know. Shoeless so movie? I would say thank God that the rules are extremely loose within the confines <laughs> of the daily ratings or within the Tommy Two Shoes, which I like. <laughs> the sub. Uh, plain and simple Ocean State for me gets a Tommy flip-flop. Wow. <laughs> a new ground. Yes, new ground because it's, it's not – it's better – the movie functions as a film, so it can't right. be zero f- shoes. Mm-hmm. Uh, this does not deserve it, this. This movie is a flop, and it mm. deserves a flip flop. Mm. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's the only uh, thing. Because, yeah, I definitely agree. Is especially as well as like it's a functioning film. It's a functioning heist movie at that as well. But it's so generic in its execution. You know, that's that's I think what illustrates even like in the forties as right. well. And but the thing is, you go and sit down and watch it. Like it's not in the theaters anymore. Yeah. Okay, you're gonna sit down and watch a fun movie, fun heist movie and mm-hmm. stuff, and you got a gang together. Mm-hmm. You have three other better movies. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. With a better storyline than this. Absolutely. Technically four. Watch the Rat Pack. Go yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, I hope I didn't, I hope that wasn't too long. No, no. I, and I, I can't, I, I, I totally agree with you. And I think it's a good perspective, especially because you are a fan of this and might have been yeah, paying attention it, and keyed into the press circuit yeah, of why this was coming about. I think it's why it bothered about. me even more. Yeah. Because I'm such a fan of, of yeah. the original three. Absolutely. And, and will you agree with me that no one was asking for this? Oh, definitely not. Definitely okay. not. Uh, and, and I think, again, it's just even in the elevator pitch like it's Danny Ocean's sister that just sounds weak out of the gate you know do make it Julia Roberts sure yeah that absolutely. I would have actually liked a little bit more yeah absolutely she's making her own crew you know yeah she, she's had a little like taste of the action or it's just like because they reference hey, her in my 13 hus- or, you know? yeah, or my husband screwed in this situation like I'm mm-hmm. getting my gals to get like yeah, I'll yeah. take this one absolutely uh, even that could have been better yeah anyway yeah. alright so <laughs> <laughs> this was a great I love this deep dive that we did I love this <laughs> yeah. special it was um, a fun time. And I'm glad that you had nice surprises of, of you know, Ocean's 13 being a 78. I mean, uh, oh, be- yes. Absolutely. I, happy to be happy to be the contrarian with that yeah, one yeah. And, and say that it is the best because I really do believe it's it's about the crew. And uh, mm-hmm. in some ways that can be, that can be uh, you know, a detriment. Uh, but for 13, it was it was right on. It was it was great. So that's awesome. Ben. So is that pretty much it? You want to roll credits, or do you have any other last tidbits you want to throw? No, in uh, just really, folks at home, uh, if you have any series that uh, you're looking for a deep dive for, or if there's um, uh, some sort of series special like this that we can cover. I mean, I've been a little bit all over the map as far as girl from the dragon tattoo, girl with dragon tattoo, and Star like Trek in this. Yeah, yeah I, I definitely yeah. like that. And that's we do true. have some in mind mm-hmm. definitely that we know that we'll do in the future, mm-hmm. um, and some big ones, and mm-hmm. there might be even. You know, a series special part one, series special part yeah, two, that, yeah. because we have some big stuff out there. Absolutely. But, um, but hopefully these series specials, they're, the, the idea is to dive into something to say, you know, like with any raising, is it worth your time? Is this series worth your time? And yep. I think uh, at least for two solid, very solid entries in this one, it was worth your time. Give it a dive into, so... Awesome, Vin. Vin, we thank you so much for all the movies that you watch already. Adding this to adding this to the list, we appreciate so much. <laughs> yeah. For folks at home, we'll run it down one more time. We have the 1960 Ocean's Eleven with a 57 percent, the 2001 Ocean's Eleven with a 77, Ocean's Twelve with a 59, Ocean's Thirteen with a 78, and Ocean's Eight with a 43 percent. Folks, we thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Daily Ratings Podcast. enjoy the podcast if you would give us a good rating or tell a friend about us if you're wondering if a film is worth a watch or just like to see more movie ratings from vince be sure to stop by the dailyratings.com we have our ever-expanding catalog of films also if you found value in the podcast or our site become a producer and go to the donations tab on the dailyratings.com you can donate whatever amount of value you feel you received from us you'll get a producer mention on the next podcast episode too we're looking to build this into something large and great but also be independent from those corporate sponsors. So we greatly appreciate any support from you all. So thanks so much, and we'll see you next time on the Daily Ratings Podcast.